0: Welcome to The Whole Steward, the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. I'm your host, Andrew Stanton, and I'm glad you've joined. Have you ever felt like you can't get ahead in life, or you're working hard, and you even got a good review at your job last year, you got a raise, but it doesn't seem to help, your expenses are going up as well, and it just seems like there's all these external forces that are holding you back. Well, today we talk about something that's even stronger than those. I'll show you what that is and how you have the power to change it today on The Whole Stew. Well, this is episode six, and I am again humbled that you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. I've really appreciated the feedback that I've gotten from some of you who are listening. It warms my heart to know that it's benefited you in some little way. And I appreciate you getting the word out. Right now we would just like to see the whole steward go out to as many people as we can. So share it with your friends. It's a huge motivation to keep going and I truly appreciate every one of you. So what is that thing that holds you back more than anything else? More than your upbringing or your job or inflation or you have too many kids or all these different things that we could bring up as excuses or reasons why we are not able to get ahead. There's too much inflation, or the government's spending too much money, or whatever it is. There are things that do put external pressure on us, but there is one thing that has a bigger impact on you and your ability to build wealth and to thrive in your stewardship and your management of the things God's given you. And that is right between your ears, your mindset. Now, why is mindset so important? Mindset determines who you are, and that leads to what you do and what you have. Now, I'm not the only one to talk about this, and I'm certainly not the first one to talk about this. You can go and listen to countless hours and endless people talking about how important mindset is. Now, why am I talking about it then? Well, because we are going to come at it from a Christian biblical worldview. We here study the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview, and therefore we want to know what does the Bible say about this topic. Let's start with Romans 12.2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, you need to know what is God's will. You might be thinking, okay, well, I need to make improvements in you know, maybe my finances or my relationships or my spirituality or physical fitness or maybe managing my material possessions or whatever it may be, you need to look into God's word to discern what is the will of God because renewing your mind means focusing on what God wants you to focus on, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And as we've seen before, you can turn a profit on this activity. All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. So you can become more righteous in how you live your life by studying God's Word. It is very useful to do so, and we need to be renewing our mind on a regular basis. Now, I'm probably going to say some things today that you may not be 100% comfortable with. You may not even be a Christian and think, ah, this is a waste of time. No, I highly encourage you, Listen anyways, because it is helpful to get a perspective from those who you do not agree with. And that is okay. One of the signs of an educated mind is to be able to entertain a thought without assenting to it. So the abundance mindset then appreciates learning new things from those who maybe you may not agree with. Now, the scarcity mindset says, no, I want to limit my thoughts on this topic to what I'm already comfortable with. But I encourage you, expand your thoughts and your mindset and be able to entertain new thoughts, and you might even change your mind on some things. That is okay, and that is part of the abundance mindset. Now, why do I talk about abundance so much? Well, that's because God is an abundant God. Everything he does is in abundance. In fact, he is infinite. But when he created the world, he created it in abundance. There is a lot of water on the earth. There are a lot of animals. In fact, he even wants people to be abundant. He said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. He wants multiples of people on the earth. It's a lie that says there isn't enough for everybody to go around. Now, certainly that doesn't mean that everything on the earth is infinite, but it is abundant. Energy is abundant. Water is abundant, food is abundant, and those with an abundance mindset are the ones who expand our means to harness those resources, to harness the things that God has made to improve the lives of more and more people. Now, most importantly, God is an abundant God when it comes to saving grace. In Ephesians, there are repeated references to how rich he is in mercy. Listen to the ways that Paul refers to our inheritance due to the grace of God. According to the riches of His grace, in Him we have obtained an inheritance. We were sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we take possession of it. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. To me, though I am the very least of the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, Who created all things? For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Forever and ever. Amen. So you see here repeatedly these references to the unsearchable riches, the abundant grace that God has granted to us. He is an abundant God, both in what He has made physically and what He has done for us spiritually. We see that also with Paul when he's thanking the Philippian church for the gift they had sent him and saying that he had received full payment and more, and he was well supplied, he told them that, My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So God is an abundant God. He's the one who supplies all our needs on this earth and gives us even more than that to enjoy. He does not necessarily want you to be poor, although... Sometimes trials may come, and that is to strengthen your reliance on Him. But every time God is blessing His children on this earth, in Scripture, physical blessing is seen as a gift from God and portrayed in a good light. God wants us to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, to use And manage his creation for his glory. And we do that by working it and providing value for others. That brings glory to God. Now I don't want you to get the wrong impression here that I'm saying that spiritual blessing is always rendered in physical blessing. It simply is not. And you need to be very careful to not love the things of the world more than loving god. And we've talked about this before. So so this is not a prosperity gospel that if God loves you, you will certainly be rich. No. If God loves you, he will bless you with spiritual blessing. And that is trust and faith in him. And you can see in the hall of faith that there's many people there who trusted God to the point of losing their physical blessings, losing their physical resources and even their own life and their own body. And Jesus talks about this. You need to be willing to give up and surrender and commit everything that you have to God. And it doesn't matter how much you have, you need to commit it to God. We have many examples of godly men who understood this. For example, Job or Joseph. There are plenty, and we should seek to emulate them in how we treat our wealth and also treat the absence of wealth. But the whole point here is that God is an abundant God, both physically and spiritually. So in just a moment, we'll look at what is the practical living out of this abundance mindset. How do you start to change the way you think to change the results that you get. We will see how starting to think just a little differently will start to change what you do and what you have. And I will say that is for the better, next on The Whole Steward. Hey there, it's Andrew pour a lot into The Whole Steward, and I'm so humbled you're listening. Did you know I regularly post new articles to our website? I also send the Holistic Approach to Wealth newsletter once a week, to which you can subscribe at thewholesteward.com newsletter. If you're enjoying what you're hearing on the show, would you share it with a friend or leave us a review? I'd really appreciate it. Oh, and thanks for listening. So now let's get real practical with how do we live out this abundance mindset. This is the fun part because this is how it applies to us on a daily basis. And there are certain things that I used to fall into and still do that I have to be careful to reevaluate my mindset on a regular basis and say, wait a minute, am I thinking about this with the abundance mindset or the scarcity, scarcity mindset and try to Keep yourself on that abundance mindset path. And you'll see as we get into this why and how useful it is and how important it is. So the first thing is to understand the difference between being poor and being broke. One is a permanent state of mind. The other is a temporary condition. Being poor means you have a state of mind that renders a continual state of poverty. You do not do things that provide value for others. In fact, the poor are often a drag on those who create value. The poor mindset does not render value for others and is not continually seeking how to provide value, but remains, doing, remains thinking and doing the things that render a continual state of poverty. Being broke, on the other hand, is a temporary condition. You may know how to work a good job or create value or run a business and you may just have had a temporary setback. You may have had some business failure or a natural disaster or catastrophe or emergency or something like that, which makes you broke for a time. But your mindset does not shift and say, Oh, woe is me, and I'm now I'm in trouble and I, I I'll never I'll never be able to dig myself out of this hole and I'm just stuck. And, uh, you know, the the poor mindset would make excuses for why you're in that state. Whereas the broke, just being broke doesn't necessarily mean that you have excuses. You may, there may be reasons why you're in that condition, but you think positively and you know how to get out of it. And we've seen this in many cases. For example, when Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, he did not adopt a poor mindset. Wow, well, now I'm a slave and I'm stuck just doing this in slavery. No, he continued to work and to provide value for others, and he he had an abundance mindset. He knew he could manage Potiphar's household well to God's glory, and he worked as though working unto the Lord that then pulled him out of poverty. Do you see how that works? Whereas the poor mindset would say, well, I'm stuck and this is just my lot in life and um, you know my only option is to make excuses and beg. You see the difference? Secondly, the abundance mindset takes control. Now, all within the parameters of God's will, and as a believer, as a Christian, you prayerfully consider these things But you do not make excuses. You take control of your assets, your time, your material, your health. You give them all purpose and jobs and goals. We also discipline our body to submit to God's will and to work hard with it. And then when it comes to finances, you set up a financial house that is secure and sound and prudent and based on principles of wisdom. I have in front of me a book here called Heads I Win, Tails You Lose by Patrick H. Donahoe. And he goes into the concept of the financial pyramid. For now, you can think of it as tier one, which is your emergency fund. You store six to 12 months of living expenses here. It's guaranteed liquid. It's a prudent return and you have full control over it. And then in tier two, you have investments that are full control. They're collateral-backed. They produce cash flow and consistency, so residential real estate would fall into this category. Then in tier three, you have investments that have maybe limited collateral, no control, and not necessarily any guarantees. Maybe a syndication where control is relinquished to a professional. Uh, It might be hard money lending or syndicated funds in that case. And then tier four is no guarantees, no collateral. It's very speculative and you could lose a hundred percent of the investment. So you want to structure and make sure that you are filling and building that pyramid in that order. A lot of times people will jump. Certainly that's what I had done in the middle class. We put our assets into tier three and I didn't have anything at the foundation or tier two. Think about building that financial house in a secure and sound manner, and the Abundance Mindset says, well, I know there's a lot to learn in this area, so maybe read a book like this. Uh, I highly recommend it. And then of course, take action on that. Well, that leads us to number three, and that is be always learning. The Abundance Mindset is always learning. You will never say, oh, I know everything I need to know. The abundance mindset is by nature curious. And you constantly are looking for ways to learn. Reading, listening, doing. There is so many things to learn in this world. And the abundance mindset looks at everybody and says, what can I learn from you? And you can learn from anybody. You can even learn from the man on the street who's holding a sign, begging for food, saying anything helps, you can learn something from him. I challenge you to do it. That is the abundance mindset. Looks at the world and says, there is an abundance of things to learn, and I need to learn more of it. And you can learn from anybody. Now, it's a common perception today that School is where you do your learning, and that's why our society probably emphasizes college so much, and certainly high school. But the abundance mindset says, I'll be a student till the day I die. So be always learning. And number four, the abundance mindset does not want to be average. Think about it. Do you want to be average? Do you want to be the average employee? Do you want to be the average student? Do you wanna be the average businessman or the average at anything you're trying to do? Or do you wanna be excellent? The abundance mindset seeks to be excellent. We do with excellence whatever we set our mind to do, and that is the abundance mindset. Now, let's look at a few contrasts between the abundance mindset and the scarcity mindset. As we go through, keep in mind, as Keith Weinhold says, The scarcity mindset is abundant, and the abundance mindset is scarce. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there may be some concepts here that you haven't heard before, but they could be really useful, so go out on a limb. That's where the fruit is. The first example I thought of was clipping coupons. Let's say you clip coupons for two and a half hours a week. And maybe you save $100 a week on groceries. I mean, that'd even be pretty good probably if you're spending that much time clipping coupons. You can only cut so much. And that's a scarcity mindset because now you're trying to cut back. You're trying to cut back on what you are spending at the store, which cuts back on the value you provide as a customer. And it's not building wealth. Nobody ever cut their way to wealth. By contrast, think if you use those same two hours to contemplate an investment. Let's say you have money sitting in the bank and while you're clipping coupons, that money is losing value. Ask yourself this, is it losing value with the rate of inflation right now greater than the coupon clipping you're doing? If you are you may be losing money By having the idea problem, the abundance mindset versus the scarcity mindset would say, well, I need to focus on expanding my means, placing my money in investments that are actually producing income. And then you wouldn't have to clip coupons because your investments are producing income for you. And that is the abundance mindset. I still fall into this trap. Uh, even though I don't clip coupons, the equivalent today might be searching for that sale or that coupon code on Amazon when you're trying to buy an item and oh, it's five dollars off and you're you know spending all this time trying to you know save a few bucks i've I did that just recently I was trying to buy something I found myself up late one night researching it, trying to think, okay, am I? Getting the best deal on this? Is there something I'm missing? And suddenly I just realized wait a minute. I have capital that I need to move into an investment right now. And here I am spending money, spending time trying to save a little bit of money when what I should really be doing is spending time looking for that next investment. So this mindset shift will change your actions. And that is what we are going for here. I want you to have actionable takeaways from today. So the next time you find yourself tempted to clip coupons or spend hours on the internet researching uh, an item to buy that you might try to save a few dollars on, think about this. Let's say you have $30,000 in your emergency fund and it's secure in the bank, it's sitting there in your savings account, it's ready to go for that rainy day emergency and You're earning just a little bit of interest from the bank on it. My bank accounts are with a credit union, and I'm looking at the savings account. It is paying 0.05% interest. So let's say you have that rainy day fund in the bank account. That is $15 a year, 0.05% interest on $30,000. That's $15 a year. Let's say the next time you're tempted to clip coupons, instead you put thought into what can I invest that rainy day fund in that will produce income? Or how about a little bit of a return, say 5%. If you could produce a 5% return on the $30,000, that would be $1,500 a year. I can show you some ideas on how to do this in later episodes. But for now, just think, this is an idea problem. If you're Spending time trying to save five bucks while you're losing the opportunity of making an income from other sources, then you are not having an abundance mindset. Another one to watch out for is driving across town to get the cheapest gas. Have you ever done that before? I know I have. Costco is the cheapest gas in our town, and I've sat in that line plenty of times, but it is always wrapped out and into the street that's like four to six lanes wide and there are so many people just sitting there in their cars idling waiting to save 50 cents on a gallon. And how much is that saving them at the end of the day? Maybe five bucks on a tank? Ten? But you spent 20 minutes of your life waiting to get that cheaper gas. And you could have been using that time to secure a new income stream. Make a better investment. And you might say, well, I was listening to a podcast while I was doing that, so I was making a use of the time. But could you have been listening to a podcast while you were exercising instead, got gas quicker, and then worked on your investing when you got home? Don't be average. Go out on a limb. That's where the fruit is. Next week, we'll be talking about a very important subject because... Our entire modern monetary system is based on it. I guarantee you cannot get away from it, but it's a sensitive topic for a lot of Christians. The average Christian would probably think it's good to avoid this, but you are not average. You understand that our entire monetary system is based on this thing, and so you want to understand how it works. You want to know how to use it properly. You want to know how to benefit from it and not have it be a burden and not enslave you. You might have guessed it. I'm talking about debt. And we will dissect it for you right here next week on The Whole Steward. Now that you know more, go out and grow more. All content on The Whole Steward is for informational purposes only. and must not be considered personal, professional, tax, or legal advice. Please consult an appropriate professional for individualized advice. Though we do our best to bring you reliable information, we make no guarantee on its accuracy. So you must rely on your own due diligence to draw your own conclusions. The views expressed by guests on the show are their own and may not represent that of the host. Please visit our website for complete terms and conditions. For joining us today for the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview, this show is brought to you by thewholesteward.com.